Welcome in to another edition of the Big Picture Leadership Podcast. I am your host, Larry Raglan, and I'm excited that you have joined us for another episode. Here at the Leadership Podcast of the Big Picture, we are driven to make sure that the leaders of today are looking at ministry and our world through the lens of the Big Picture. It is our desire to bring hope, inspiration, and encouragement to the great mandate that you, ministers of God, men and women of God, have been given. And I just want to say as we begin today, thank you for saying yes. Thank you for saying yes to the call of God on your life because the world is grateful that you said yes. Because you said yes, you decided to take on the mantle of leadership. Leadership is not easy. Leadership is difficult. You know, I love what Dr. Maxwell says about leadership. He says it's really influence, nothing more, nothing less. And you've been given a voice in this moment. This is the remnant. If you're still in ministry in this moment, you've been given a voice. And it's time for you to use that voice for the kingdom of God. Now, I want to make sure that you follow the podcast that you're listening to. Now, hit that follow button if you can. Review us. Give us a five-star rating if you enjoy it. Share this podcast. And if you want to know more about our other podcasts that we have called The Big Picture, which is just basically everything that is going on in the world around us, current events and so forth, you can just simply go to one website. Very easy. Everything is there. It's called LarryRaglan.tv. LarryRaglan.tv. Raglan is spelled R-A-G-L-A-N-D, just like it sounds. Raglan, LarryRaglan.tv. When you get there, you'll see links to our podcast, our YouTube channel, social media links, website, everything you need uh, to learn more about the voice that is coming out of the big picture. I want to get right into this episode. As you've seen in the title, it's called Start Wars. This is something that's been strong in me and in my spirit for a long time, the power of the start. Start Wars, in essence, is the key. It is the key to understanding how to win the race of the calling and the purpose of God that is on your life. Star Wars. Of course, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, okay? Many of you are listening may be Star Wars fans. Some of you may have never, and of course, I believe it's an abomination that you've never watched Star Wars, but, you know, that's what the grace of God is for, so we forgive you. Uh, but Star Wars, you know, is part of a huge part of my childhood, and of course, over over time and over the uh, the growth and the and the um, maturity of my own children, I uh, they've seen the old Star Wars, the newer Star Wars, and and now this new generation has seen the even newest Star Wars, and now it's on TV and so forth. Star Wars is a big, big name. It's a very widely known um, media platform, media. Um, Uh, just an ensemble of movies, television shows. You say Star Wars, most all people at least know what you're talking about, whether they've ever watched it or not. So as I was, you know, thinking about this many, many years ago, being a pastor and a pastor of pastors and really, really being driven uh, to teach and pour into people on leadership, you know, I just began to see a pattern. I began to see that Many people uh, got excited about God, got excited about the call of God that was on their life, and, and man, they just hit the ground running. And maybe you can relate. I mean, there's nothing more exciting, first of all, than, than the moment that you know that you've been born again. When, when you gave your life to God, you know, that was the greatest yes that you could have ever said. And, you know, you just felt like the whole world needed to hear that. Well, right after that is, you know, the calling of when you finally stop running. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, stop running. And one of the most miserable things in the world is a person who is running from the call of God on their life. When they finally say yes and they accept that, they they may be scared, they may be intimidated, 
they may feel underqualified. Um, so many things can come into your mind. But, but one thing that doesn't come into your mind, when you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you've been called and you've said yes to that call, you are ready to hit the ground running. And, you know, your, your eyes are wide open, so you think. And you just you got these big dreams, and you're going to win the world, and you're going <clears> to <throat> plant churches all over the world. Your church is going to be just packed pack from wall to wall. People's going to be standing in line to get in your church, and you got the greatest musicians in the world, lighting, and and you're going to have the giant screens and er- everything that you've ever seen. Others that you emulated and others that you looked up to, it's going to happen because all you had to do is say yes, right? Well, I've seen so many people. Over the years, I've been in, I've been doing uh, pastoral ministry for over thirty years at this point in my life, and uh, I, you can imagine I've seen a lot of men and women of God <clears throat> hit the ground running, and then just sort of fizzle out. The fire is there at the beginning, but something happens along the way, and I've seen it happen a lot of times even early on, because you know they put their confidence in the accomplishments of things that they can see with their eyes and they can experience in their emotions and they get that self-affirmation, that gratification from seeing those things come to complete. But I want to encourage you over the next few minutes over this podcast, I want to encourage you that I'm not trying to shoot you down. I want you to have faith. I want you to have excitement about what God has called you to do. You never need to lose that drive, but you need to understand that Ministry is the long game, and I hate to use that term, but you've got to look. You got to look long term. You got to look, as I say, big picture. That's why we call it the big picture, because you got to look beyond where you're at now. And it's very difficult to do that at the beginning. But I want to encourage you to understand that the beginning of anything in your life is probably the most critical part of that thing. Whether it's a race that you're actually running in a marathon, or whether it's uh, a sprint. You know, that when that gun goes off and they take off in that race, a lot of races, not all, but a lot of races are won or lost right there at the start. You can have false starts. People can get ahead of God. Uh, before God says go, they're already running. Then, of course, you've got delayed starts where something may be mechanically wrong with your shoes or even the, the, the thing you put your feet up against when you're running that, that sprint. The gun is fired and and something happens, and you are a half a second, uh, you know, a second behind. Well, it, in, in most races, it's over for you at that point. Now, I understand that some people can pick up and and just literally pick up where they've lost along the race. I've accomplished that a lot in my life, too. But here's the bottom line. You can't win a race unless you start the race. So the start is, the finish is just as important, don't get me wrong, but the, the Bible tells us to, you know, teaches us in many different ways to run the race, to complete the race. Paul said, I've finished the race. It's very, very important for us to finish the race. But you can't finish the race, you can't finish strong if you don't start somewhere. Now, you may be listening to this, and you may be in ministry like myself, you know, for many, many years, uh, 10, 20, 30 years plus, and you're thinking, well, what are you talking about? You know, how do I start anything now? I'm at, I'm at the finishing stage of my life. No, 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 no. God is always doing a new thing. Remember, he said, consider the, not the things of old. Behold, I do a new thing. Even though you've been doing ministry for all these years, let's don't forget that God is still doing new things in you. And whenever God is doing new things in you, giving you new ideas, 
pastors especially listen to me when god gives you a vision of to how to expand your church your ministry something that you're doing or maybe something completely new then uh you better understand that the start is very, very important. I want to read to you one scripture. Philippians 1, 6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, if he has begun a good work in you, he will complete that good work in you. So let me, let me just tell you something about God. God don't, he's not the author of confusion. He don't start something in you if he has not intended to complete that in you. Okay. You got to get that before you get anything else. It is God's desire for you to start right and for you to finish strong. So listen, I, I, one of the things that I talk about in my book, I don't know if you've read my book if, or not. If you want to, you can go to uh, my website <clears throat> at, at com. And you can see the book. It's called I See Greatness in You. And it's, uh, it's touched a lot of people's lives. Maybe it will touch yours. But one of the chapters that's in my book is called Start Wars because this topic is so important to me. And one of the things I say in Start Wars is this. You know, it's one thing for you to climb a ladder. It's one thing for you to put a ladder up against a wall. And you've climbed that ladder and you've climbed that ladder and you've proven yourself you, you just are so proud of yourself that you've got all the way up top of that ladder. And you spent your whole life climbing that ladder. But listen to this. Get this in your spirit. If the ladder of your life is not leaning against the right wall, then every step that you've ever taken is taking you in the wrong place even faster. So what I'm trying to say is the key to what is waiting for you at the top of that ladder is that you started by putting the ladder in the right place to begin with. And that's why the enemy will come at you, men and women of God, at the start. That's why I call it the start wars, because if the enemy can cause you to go in the wrong direction at the start, in your excitement, in your just your motivation to work for God, that's great. But if, if you're not keyed in and starting the right way, then you'll find yourself uh, wearing out. You'll find yourself burning out. You'll find yourself in a wilderness. Think about the children of Israel. When they left Egypt, listen, listen how they started, how God made sure that they started. I want to show you this how God does. When God calls you, he qualifies you. He doesn't call you and then qualify you later. You were qualified at the call. Now, you may not think that that's the way you look, but that's the way God sees you. See, see, God sees you the way he, is, he knows that he can take you to. He doesn't necessarily see you the way you see yourself at that moment. He sees you beyond that moment because he didn't just call you for that moment. He called you for all the moments after that. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He already has seen where you're going. Now, listen to this. I'm going back to this. Children of Israel, when they came out of Egypt, they're in bondage. Of course, you know the story. And they, they were slaves. But watch what happened when they come out. The psalmist writes about it in Psalm 105, verse 37. Psalm 105, verse 37, it says this. He brought them out, he's talking about the children of Israel, with silver and gold, and there was none feeble among his tribes. Egypt was glad when they departed, for the fear of the Lord had fallen upon them. Watch this. He spread a cloud for a covering and a fire to give light in the night for direction. Listen, they, what a way to start the journey. They came out financially blessed. They came out completely healed. There was not a single sick person among them. Now, can you imagine the conditions that a slave had lived in? Not the most hygienic 
conditions that you can imagine. Probably disease was attacking all along, all around. They were crippled, maimed. They'd been beaten by the Pharaoh, Pharaoh soldiers, by the Egyptians. But when they came out, here was a, that, that morning when they woke up, they were a slave, had nothing. That night when they started their journey, they were financially blessed with silver and gold. There was not a single one feeble among them, meaning sick, uh, limping, had no kind of injuries. And then to top it off, they didn't even really have to worry about where to go if they would have just trusted God. God said, I'll even go out in front of you during the day. Uh, I'll, I'll guide you uh, by a cloud, and at night, I'll, I'll be a fire. Whenever I move, you just move with me. I mean, what you can't ask for no better start. But listen, when you start, it's one thing for you to start, but if you don't deal with some of the things that are inside of you, deal with some of the addictions, the habits, the uh, the things that you you've given your you've given your soul to God, but maybe there's some there's some addictions, some temptations, and or maybe some soul ties, all kinds of things that could still be tied to the man or the woman that was pre yes when you said yes to God. Watch what happened. Here's these people. God God gives them this great start, but they didn't start right. They had all these things that God had given them at the start, but they did not appreciate it. And they did not value, they, they was more excited about the materialistic things that, and their bodies being healed and all that, and that was all great and wonderful, that they didn't deal with the condition of the heart. What's this? Not long after they got out, of course, you know, they came up to this place called the Red Sea. When they got to the Red Sea, they were trapped. They had mountains on both sides, and they could hear because Pharaoh had changed his mind. The Pharaoh and all of his soldiers and all the chariots were coming. Now, watch this. When Pharaoh drew near, to them at the Red Sea. The children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid. By the way, this is Exodus chapter 14. I'm sorry, Exodus chapter 14, verse 10. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Because there are no graves, uh, because there were no graves in Egypt, you have now taken us away to die in the wilderness. Listen to what he says. Why have you dealt so with us to bring us out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we were told in Egypt saying, let us, that we told you, excuse me, in Egypt saying, leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. Serve. Did you hear that word? Serve. They said, serve that we, that we were serving the Egyptians. They were so messed up in their mind. Their circumstances had so messed them up, uh, inside of their spirit, man, and even, the, even their mind. They thought being a slave was serving. They were not serving Egypt. They were slaves. How were they ever, ever going to com complete this journey if they still saw themselves as slaves and they were comparing freedom and the call of God and the mantle of God, uh, and they were calling that uh, a lesser life than living the life of a slave, man. See, they didn't see themselves at the start as God's people. They didn't see themselves at the start of a free people. They didn't see themselves at the start of a called people, the chosen people. You're going to have to do that. You're going to, there's going to be times that the enemy is going to come at you leaders and going to try to just literally snatch the ministry right out from underneath you. You got to have something. There's got to be something down deep inside of you that you bring out from the start. There's some things that are going to happen to you at the start of your ministry that will determine how you respond to other things the rest of your ministry. Now, some things will come and go. Some things will completely change from you. But I'm going to tell you something. There are things that are being defined in you at the beginning. And if you'll let God do it, 
And the key thing you got to let them do is to, for you to see yourself the right way. Get this in your spirit. The way you see yourself at the start of any part of your life, any new phase of your life, any new calling of your life, is how you're going to react when the changes happen in the journey. Changes are going to happen. So you can have a map of where you're going, and you think you know where you're headed. And you may even know exactly the path to take to get you where you think you're going. But one thing that that map does not show you, that paper does not show you, it doesn't show you the actual uh, how many how many feet you're going to have to walk up here down in the valley. You might even have an elevation map, but it ain't going to show you the rocks, the sharp rocks. It ain't going to show you the, the animals that may be attacking you on the journey. No, that can only happen when you're on the journey. But when you start, you got to see yourself as a champion at the start. You got to see yourself as finishing the race. You got to already see yourself cr- crossing the finish line before you ever start. Remember, because we are serving a God who's the alpha, the beginning, but he's also the omega, he's the end. We got to trust that the God that called us at the A is going to see us through to the Z. You got to be a champion. You know, you got to see yourself more than just existing in this world, that you have a purpose. You have to find a way to see yourself at the start the way God sees you. Now, if you hadn't done that in the past and you and you regret it, then guess what? Today's a new start. Here's a couple of real quick, actually four real quick uh, little principles I want to give you uh, to help you start right. And then we'll close this podcast down. I hope it's helped you. The number one thing that you got to do to make sure you start right is focus. Focus. Everybody say it. Focus. See, what is, what, why do you have to focus? Because focus enables you to see what you are actually racing towards. Proverbs 4.25 says this in the NIV, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix or focus your gaze directly before you. It's very, very important. You're going to have all kinds of distractions, especially at the start, because, you know, you got to understand, you, 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 you just came out of a life, maybe you hadn't been saved that long, or maybe you had been saved for a while, then you received a call to minister in your life, but when you accept that call and that mantle, something changes about you. That old man, the things of your life are not the way they are now. You don't, you don't get to do the things that you used to do. You don't get to look at the world the same way you used to look at the world when you're in ministry. You're always thinking about souls. You're thinking about people or not, you know, the eternities of people. You're being driven by that. So you got to look straight ahead. You know, if you're caught up in the emotion of the new uh, and, and, you know, uh, even it's like sometime of a new year, they'll get so caught up in the motions of a new year, uh, that making brand new resolution changes that that becomes just almost like a cliche. And you've, you've forgotten why you even want to make that change in your life. If you can't see the purpose in your life, you may need a vision adjustment. I'm just going to tell you something right now. You know, I've, I've got terrible vision in the natural. I got Holy Ghost vision in the spirit, but in the natural, if I don't have my my contacts, and I'm you know practically blind. And, you know, for a long time before I decided to finally go get my eyes checked, I thought I was good. I thought I I thought this was the way the world looked. My wife would tell me, "You need to go get your eyes checked." And I said, "There's nothing wrong with my eyes. I can read. I can see. I can I can watch TV. I can drive down roads, see road signs." I was convinced that this is was the way my eyes were supposed to be. Well, watch what happens. If you don't, if you don't have a focus and if you don't have a true vision in your life of where you're going, you'll, you'll convince yourself that what you see is what it's supposed to be. I sit down in that chair and they start turning them things, which is better, one, two, A, B. They kept clicking them things, and all of a sudden one time they clicked these two lenses just right, and I'm telling you, the whole world opened up to me. I was like, hallelujah. I was like, are you kidding me? And they was like, yeah, that's what you're supposed to be seeing. 
I was like, oh, my Lord. They put them glasses on me, and I'll never get driving home that day. I was just like, what? What? This is, this is the real world? This is what normal people see? Oh, my goodness. I I'd existed in my life thinking everybody saw things the way I saw and uh, saw them, and I needed a vision adjustment. Maybe when you're starting something new in your life, you might need a vision adjustment. Uh, adjustment. I'll tell you what one preacher said. I love this. He said, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. Number two, it's very, very important. you got to have that focus, that vision. Number two, you need to take an exam. In other words, not just an eye exam, like I'm talking about in the vision exam. You need to really look back from where you came and where you are now. You need to learn from the past. Lamentations 3.40 says this, let us search out and examine our ways and turn back to the Lord. See, just like the same way we'd be required to take an exam at the end of school to test our progress, we should always set aside time to examine ourselves during different seasons of our own life. Think about the sudden course changes that life has thrown at you. What did you learn? How did you respond? How did you grow? How did you not grow? How did you negatively respond? Because those things are going to come back again. If they, if they uh, whipped you one time, I promise you the devil thinks he's got you. He's coming back at it again. But, you know, you know, the one thing in the world that's the most greatest tragedy in the world is for you to have to go through something that's difficult and not learn anything from it. You know, you've heard preachers say this before, and I think I'll, I'll be one of them to say it again, is life is not about what happens to you because things are going to happen to you. You're not defined. Your integrity, your ministry, your calling, your influence is not defined by what happens to you. It's not defined by what people said about you. It is literally defined by how you respond to it. How you respond to life and how you evaluate and examine your responses and what you could learn from them is what creates in you who you are. So that's number two. Number one was focus. Number two was take an exam, a self-examination of your life. And then number three is look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. Self-examination requires true honesty. Listen, there is nothing more honest than the mirror. Okay. Now it, it may, it's not completely honest because it's not showing everything. It's two dimensional. Okay. But here's the reality. You know, you, you can say all day long, you know, if you're like me, uh, older up in your life and living the Papa life, which is the greatest life ever, by the way. Um, you know, you know, well, I tell you one thing right now, I, I feel like I'm 20 again. I feel, I feel so young. You know, you might say, you know, I feel better now than I did when I was in my twenties, feel better now than I did when I was in my thirties. You know, well, you can say that all you want to. And, you know, you want to find out how you really feel. Uh, if you're up around my age, then go go hang out and shoot basketball and all that with, uh, you know, teenagers, 20-year-olds. You'll find out real quick you ain't 20. You know, you look in the mirror really good with with no special lighting and uh, and just have some bright lights, you'll, you'll see you don't even look 20, okay? You ain't 20, all right? Now, if you are 20, you're 20. I'm talking to the old folks like me. But that mirror doesn't it, – it, 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 we can go all the time. We don't ever look at a mirror. We can think we look a certain way. You ever, you ever done that? You, you ever thought, man, you know, I, I feel like I'm losing a little bit of weight. I'm doing pretty good. And, uh, and then you forget about sucking it in. And uh, you just going about your life, and you just walk around the store or something, and you walk by one of the mirrors, and you just sort of corner your eye, catch yourself, and you're like, "Oh Lord, I forgot to suck in." Is that what everybody else is seeing? Because in your mind, <laughs> you just think everybody else is seeing what you was what you look like when you were sucking in. Yeah, that ain't the real you. 
the mirror going to tell you the real you, especially if you allow it to be, allow yourself to be real. But that's in the natural. But the spiritual mirror, man, the spiritual mirror going to really, really show you some stuff. It'll help you get real from the start. I like what the New Living Translation says in a famous, famous scripture, Romans chapter 12, verse 3. It says, because of the privileges and authority that God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Do not think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given us. Listen, if you're not honest with yourself, you will not know what you need help with. Do you hear me? You need help. People need people. Pastors need pastors. Ministers need ministers. No one likes to look at failure or bad choices. No one likes to go back and, and, and see that in the mirror. Don't dwell on them. Learn from them, okay? And remember this little factoid right here, okay? Failure is not a person. Failure is an event. I'm going to say that again. Failure is not a person. Failure is an event. You may have failed in something. You did fall, fail in something. We've all failed in something, but that does not make us failures. When we look in the mirror, we cannot see failures. We've got to look in the mirror and see someone who has learned from their past failures. And then lastly, number four, decide who you are trying to actually beat in this race from the previous moments that you just came out of. In other words, who is your opponent? Who are you running this race that you just started with? Why is the enemy at war with you at the beginning? Why is he trying to distract you? Who are you running against? You know, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 in the New Living Translation says this, Stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on in, instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. See, the bottom line is this. There are things that we can do today at the start of a new season of our lives that can really make a change in our future. Winning the course, beating everybody else in this race is not the goal of the kingdom. That may be the goal of the natural. In the natural, it is the goal. If you're running in the Olympics, your goal is to beat everyone else in that race. But the kingdom is, is so not like the kingdom of this world. Running the course in this life is your purpose to be salt and light in this world. God told us that we are the light of the world, that we, without the light, the darkness will win. We are the salt. We are the ones that gives the world, gives the, the, the world we live in flavor. Flavor. That's a little inside joke here. But we run the course. Listen. You have to understand what you're running for and who you're running against. Now, I'm going to close here listen to this. There will, there will come a time in your life you're going to have season after season after season. There's going to be transitions from, from one point to another. There's going, to be, there's going to be races that you're going to run, that you're going to complete, and that race is going to end. The race ending is not your life ending. That's the final moment that your thing called life is over. But through that life, there are many different races, many different courses that God's going to put you on to run. So there's going to come a time when your race will be over. Who did you who did you beat? Who did you who are you racing against? Can I can I just say to you that I think your greatest person you're running against 
really is yourself. You're really running against the desires of the flesh. You're running against the things in the past. You're running against father issues, mother issues. You're running against uh, declarations that was made over your life, abuse that happened to you. You were dropped. You were broken. These are things that weigh us down. They weigh us down. Listen to what Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says about that. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Listen, another person doesn't have the right to take you out of the race. The only one that can take you out of the race is you. The devil don't even have the right to take you out of the race. If you'll guard yourself against that mess he's saying, if you'll guard, your, if you'll guard the windows of your soul, your eyes and your ears, listen, you're doing real good right now. You listen to a podcast that's feeding you instead of some other crazy stuff that's taking you down a road into darkness. If you've made it this far to the end of this podcast, I believe you are on course. You are running. You may have already started something, and, and now you're just sort of fine-tuning where you're at in the race. God may be calling you to do something new. But I can tell you the remnant generation that are still working for the Lord in this day and time, we're running a race like really, quite frankly, our generation has never seen. Probably many generations has never seen the difficulty and the distractions. There's never been, I don't believe, there's never been a generation that has as many distractions as this generation. But I'm telling you, we're distracted by social media. We're distracted by television. We're distracted by music. We're distracted, quite frankly, by some of the podcasts we listen to, some of the videos that we watch. And certainly, we're also distracted by people that we work with and people all around us, people in our neighborhood trying to judge us, mock us, tell us we're not really who we think we are. But I'm going to tell you something. We don't listen to those voices, right? Because we're big picture people. We are remnant leaders. We've been called to such a moment as this. And we're running the race. I know the enemy is going to try to stop you. That's why it's called the start wars. Whatever God is starting in your life, you declare, devil, you will not stop it. You have been listening to the Big Picture Leadership Podcast. I'm Larry Raglan. Make sure you follow this podcast. Rate this podcast or review this podcast. Share it. For quick access to all our media platforms, podcasts, YouTube, and more, just go to LarryRaglin.tv, LarryRaglin.tv. Until the next episode, stay on fire, stay focused, stay encouraged. Remember that God chose you to be alive in this moment and to be a voice in this moment. This is the greatest time to be alive, and it is the greatest moment for the church. I believe it's going to be the church's finest hour. I believe it's going to be your finest hour because you or a big picture leader. I'll see you on the next podcast. Thank you, and God bless.